Hey, this is Craig Wade and Brian Allen Delaney from B Movies and Ebooks, a podcast about cult and horror films and genre fiction. You can catch new episodes on iTunes and Stitcher every Wednesday, or you can watch us live on Blab.im Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central. B Movies and Ebooks. We bleed fiction. <laughs> Man, okay, yeah, so we live in a, we live in, like, the ghetto. It's, like, rough. Like, there's gangsters and shit. We have to keep Podcast all the windows closed. Podcast makes us no money. We can't move. Like, there's, like, there's, like, a shootout going on regularly. Why do you, okay, stop. Why do you say shit like that? <laughs> like, right. like, why do you, why does he say shit like we live in the ghetto and there's shootups regularly? Just for the clarity of the podcast, there's not. Two versus three, nerds with fears and opinions. A weekly podcast hosted by Cody, Kyle, and Greg. New episodes every Thursday at bmoviesandebooks.com. Once again, out everyone out there in uh, barely living the dreamland. Uh, this is Mel, and we've got a pretty interesting episode today. We're checking in with Chris, Brittany, and Ken, um, who's a, the gaffer that we've worked on uh, for the last couple of films. Worked with on the last couple of films. Um, he's actually key gripping on this project, but uh, they called in yesterday and. Uh, we did an extensive check-in with the pro- with the production. I could not participate. I was a part of it initially, but then I had to back out um, for a few different reasons, actually, that will probably be the basis of a, uh, a future podcast. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, regardless, um, they've got a lot to talk about. We'll get to that real quick. But I, w- I did want to um, update on some time-sensitive stuff. That may be happening between now and um, the next time that we do a, uh, a new podcast. So what I've been doing lately, um, well, let's see, there's a uh, couple things. Um, first of all, I've been working on some videos with um, Jeff Caudill, who is a, he's a fairly, fairly popular indie rock guy. Uh, he used to be the lead singer of Game Face. He was in a band called Your Favorite Trainwreck. Um, they're both on Revelation Records, I believe. Um, and uh, I was into his band for a while, um, and then we eventually became friends. And it's funny, he actually has a, uh, his job now. He works in the film industry. He does he designs posters, or he's like the art director. So he did uh, all the Deadpool stuff, all the X-Men movies, uh, all the Harry Potter. I think most of the Harry Potter stuff, definitely the, D- the DVDs and Blu-rays. Um, the key art, uh, I, most of the Marvel stuff, Iron Fist, um, a lot of other things. I mean, the last time he took me to his office and I sort of checked it out, it was pretty neat to see everything he had worked on. But we kind of got closer because I reached out to him to do the Klinger poster. For those of you that have seen that, the, the poster with the heart hands where Vincent's making the, and he's got bloody hands. Uh, Jeff did that for us. And then that just, we just kind of kept talking and 
he turns out he's doing a solo EP that comes out on April the 21st. I think on Record Store Day, which is the 22nd, there's a special edition that's coming out. But um, that EP has six tracks on it. And uh, it turns out that I'm doing a video for... Um, by the end of by the end of this, I think we'll have done a video for five of the six songs. We've actually shot... I shot one on my birthday in December that I believe is coming out this week um, for the title track, Reset the Sun. Um, and then we're shooting one this week for a different track. And then Jeff is actually coming out to Houston um, in April. And we're shooting definitely two, probably three more videos. So um, I'm pretty excited. It's it's kind of re-energized me. It's sort of get, gotten me back to my roots. Um, I definitely, it's the first time I've directed, lit, shot and edited something since you know placeholders basically so it's neat to sort of uh restoke that fire and scratch that itch and i've you know I'm, it came around at the perfect time um i think there's a lot of sort of metaphor that needs to be unpacked because of like the subject matter of the album where i was at when the offer came down um the fact that we started we shot the first one on my 40th birthday i mean all these things i mean it, it, it was meant to be you know and then we finally um, logistically made it work with Jeff coming here in a couple weeks, and we're going to knock out a few few more. I mean, I, I just think that this is stuff that I'm super proud of. I mean, just the, the the stuff that we've done so far, I just really like it. I really like the tone. Jeff is super happy with it. I'm so excited for it to get out there. So uh, I'm bringing it up so you guys can keep an eye out for it. Um, like I said, the 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 artist name is Jeff Caudill, C A U D I L L. Uh, you can follow him at Jeff Caudle Music on Facebook. I believe um, that will probably help you find him on Twitter as well. Um, the album is available for pre-order on Amazon. It's called Reset the Sun. Um, I, I believe the lead single is probably going to drop this week, um, and he's going to put up the video. Um, and then we'll be putting out a few more after that. So keep an eye out for it. Please hunt it down. The album, the music is great. I really dig it. Um, so I'm happy to have done sort of the visual aspect of uh for him for this music that i enjoy so keep an eye out for that stuff and um probably update you as it goes and maybe even have jeff you know come on the show a little bit because i think he's got a lot of stuff to talk about both with the movie stuff that he does and um the i think in a lot of ways because i've experienced it both to a degree indie band stuff and indie movie stuff is very similar. I mean, it's sort of like parallel tracks, you know? So I think there's a lot of stuff we can sort of discuss. So hopefully we'll have him on here when he's here. Okay, so that's that's one thing. Look, keep an eye out for Jeff Caudill, Reset the Sun. Number two, um, some of you might remember uh, last year when I worked on a movie called Sequence Break out in California. I did a few, I think I did try to do sort of, I wouldn't say daily set diaries because I was very bad at doing it every day, but I know I did sort of like the check-in stuff where I was recording and I was going through a, bad headspace of course and um i think i sounded sick on most of them but i got better because the experience actually ended up being very good um the director of that was graham skipper uh, he also wrote it but uh that movie has been finished and it's actually having its world premiere at the chattanooga film festival uh in chattanooga tennessee on april the 6th i think it's going to be that evening it's a special nighttime screening so uh i think it may be one of the first screenings of the fest so we're opening it up, and I think a lot of us are going to be there. Definitely Graham, uh, some of the other producers. Uh, I think the lead actor, Chase, is going to be there. 
so it's going to be a fun time and uh the festival's actually really cool um i'd heard about it a little bit but like last year i think last year and this year i think one of their keynotes is uh revolves around elijah wood's company and i think he'll be there specter vision and um I know that Joe Bob's Briggs, Joe Bob Briggs is going to be there this year doing a talk with uh, Uwe Boll, and there's a pub crawl that they're both doing afterwards, so that's interesting. Uh, but it's very much positioned and poised to be sort of like a South by southwest e type, or maybe even more of like a Toronto After Dark or Toronto Film Festival kind of thing for, for sort of the Southeast. Um, it, it, if you go to the website, which is chatfilmfest.org, you, you, you see what I'm talking about. I mean, the vibe is very cool. A lot of the screenings, the repertory screenings they're doing are cool. The programming is awesome. I'm very proud to have a film that I was involved with screen along with some of these other films. Uh, I think they're doing a 10th anniversary Hatchet screening, you know, which is funny because we just talked about how Hatchet sort of keeps coming around uh, on my hate mail episode. Um, uh, Joe Lynch, I think, is going to be there either. I don't know if they're doing a wrong turn to screening or if they're... Uh, screening his new movie, but uh, he's going to be there. Anyway, you get the idea. It's it's the perfect festival for this for this kind of thing, and they, they really like Sequence Break, which I'm super stoked about, and they're giving us this amazing sort of situation and venue to premiere it at. So uh, if you're in the area or can make it or are thinking about going, please check out uh, chatfilmfest.org, uh, and that'll give you all the information for tickets and everything. And, and, and I think now they've announced all three waves of programming. So check it out. Come see sequence break. If you can uh, come say hello, if you see any of us. And uh, with that, I will segue into Brittany, Chris and Ken uh, speaking to me last night from their per- cold, cold perch on the mountain in Colorado. Here we go. Yeah, here I am. I'm checking in on my, my buddy from Colorado. We've got, uh, well, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? What's up, guys? It's Chris. Hey, it's Brittany. And I'm Ken. Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. <laughs> Ken, Wh- Ken Whiting, a.k.a. the Gaffing Wizard. Yes, that's right. So, how are things going? I'm just the Gripping Wizard on this one, though. I'm oh, yeah. Grip, uh, Grip Alchemist. Key Grip Alchemist, okay, got it. <laughs> so how are things going? Going okay, I mean, you know, we've had our bumps, but, you know, it's all right, we're getting there. It's a production that's out in nine-degree weather in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. So it's going as you would expect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what What day are you guys on? Tomorrow will be day 11. Of? 24. Ugh. That made my butt clench. Only because of the only because of the nine degree weather or whatever, you know. Yeah. With an extra I think there's a day of skeleton crew pickups, so we'll yeah. see what happens. At this rate the crew may actually be skeletons. <laughs> right. Uh. <laughs> well, I guess uh tell me about it, man. Unload. I mean, you know, don't light anybody on fire. I'm just saying like tell me how it's been going. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's going as to be expected. I mean, you know, we've had like I guess we've had our bumps. I mean, one day we actually ended up having people stuck up on the mountain for half sunset, which was kind of a scary moment. 
and stuff with other people just because, you know, you're not even supposed to be up there past, I think it's past five or six, because once the sun goes down, it's going to be really hard for anybody to find you. So, you know, also there's hypothermia and everything else that can happen. And links. And links. You could get eaten by links. I mean... Well, no, we just don't want to bother them in their <laughs> habitat. They're not that big. Wait, yeah. wait. Go over all that again. What are you saying? <laughs> so basically, I was saying that you could get eaten by a lynx. Oh, like a, like, a, like a cat. L-Y-N-X. Not a sausage lynx. Yeah, I was like, or I was like, or the Zelda lynx, like he lives, I don't know, are there like 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 uh, tribes of them that roam around, and if you don't have the Triforce, they fucking eat you? Uh, yeah, they're really, they're really too small to eat you, but you're not supposed to follow them in there. Yeah, yeah with the environmental uh, conscious Colorado people, they've now come up with the rule that they don't want to disturb them after dark, so... Yeah. And, you know, not only that, it's just your human body in general, because being up there, it's like, we're at 9,000 elevation here, up at the top of the mountain, where the, where you can actually get to, it's like 12,000. 12, yeah. So, temperature drops even more rapidly up there than it does down here where we're at. Wow. So, yeah. Well, like, we were talking to locals while they were up there, we were trying to get everybody down, and basically they're like, yeah, probably about two to three hours, if you're up there without the pr- proper gear, you can go into hypothermia. Wow. So... I disagree with that. I'm pretty sure I was in hypothermia <laughs> while the sun was still up. <laughs> you know, when the sun's up, it's like anywhere from 30 to 50 degrees. It's once it gets behind that mountain that it drops literally 30 degrees down to, you know, 10s, 15s. With the wind eight, still blow, it's eight, like, nine. yeah, 8 degrees. Ugh. I think the last... Well, last I mean, as we, we, had as we learned on The Shining, you can, like, freeze to death. You know, eyes... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Don't go um, into a topiary maze. Yeah, I think, was it last Friday, whenever we did the North and Sound stuff? Mm-hmm. Basically, we went into an overnight, and when we did, I was looking at the temperature, and I think it was negative four with the wind chill. Ugh. So, yeah, it was pretty brutal. I think I actually came home, and when I woke up the next morning, I literally couldn't feel the tips of my fingertips. Wow. So... Yeah, it was crazy. We don't have enough hot hands on set. Yeah. To warm up our feet and our hands. Yeah. That's, that sucks. Yeah. But I mean, all of you have hot crotches, so I mean, you've got, (laughs) you've got, you've got, you've got your own personal, you've got, you've got nature's hot hands right there. Exactly. So more hands and crotches, I guess, is the prescription. I don't know how awkward. But that you gotta, you gotta put on like five layers so to get to it. And you've gone kind of numb, so you never really quite know when you've hit pay, pay dirt. <laughs> <laughs> this is my crotch. I'm not sure whose crotch is this. So, <laughs> so, I guess unpack the logistics a little more. Like, you guys are using snowmobiles and shit, right? Yeah, um, we are, and actually that same night when we were up, they actually ran into an issue where, like, they had two or three of them break down on them. Mine had the check engine light on the entire time. So, so does everybody have their own snowmobile? No. Whoa. <laughs> so, so. No, who- the first the first couple of days that we went out, uh, mostly we had two people to a snowmobile. The last time that we went out. So we did, except for cameras, they had 
you know, one person carrying camera, one person driving, but everybody else had their own. But we were kind of a skeleton crew any time we went up on on the snowmobiles. We only have maybe like eight or nine people max, so. And that's just because in terms of, I mean, in terms of grip and electric, like, we can't put anything up on that mountain. Yeah. Like, other mountains we can, you know, other snow we can get into, but, like, that stuff up there, it's all so slippery and so, you know, you don't know what's actually hard, what's firm, what's packed. So anything could just start sliding down the mountain. Wow. Crazy. So Yeah. Uh, our guide, like, the first two days, he basically told us, he was like, yeah, he's like, avalanches happen all the time here. Like, this yeah, this is crazy. Like, they had a safety meeting, you know, the first day, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, avalanche country, and you're driving around, there's avalanche signs everywhere. It's kind of like, oh, that's, that's kind of weird. You know, you see falling rock signs all the time, I guess, in Texas, but... You know, you, you kind of don't think too much of it. And then you start talking to the locals and to the guys, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, we've already had, like, 58 avalanches this year. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. yeah. Well, and then to top it all off, like, was the, I think it was the second day of shooting. Maybe it was the first. There was literally a car that got hit by falling rock. And it was, yeah, we all got to see that. That was interesting. The falling boulder. Yeah, a boulder. It looks just like a tiny like couple. Eight, eight or nine feet tall. Yeah. Uh, 14 feet wide. Yeah. Wow. Fell off. And then to top it all off, what was that? Last, I think it was last week on like Thursday or Friday, we were going back to shoot at another location, and basically we were going back to where they have the helipad set up, which, by the way, there is no hospital here where we are. Of course uh, not. Why would there be? Yeah. Exactly. So... Snowmobiles, avalanches, frostbite. Why would there be a hospital? <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. Ro- roaming no, well, packs of lynxes. <laughs> but they're not there all the time. Hang on, let's explain this clinic thing, because it's an open clinic with nobody that's ever inside yeah. it. It's open for a certain amount of hours, even though it's the 24-hour clinic. But I mean, I've never seen anyone in it. Exactly. And so, so if you need anything, you can call a nurse to come down and nurse you at the clinic. Or do they, have just, like, do they have just, like, bins of, like, medical supplies? You just, like, go in and take stuff on the honor system? Pretty like, much. Right, like, but you find, know find people here in the town are stitching up their own. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they get a cut, they pull out some super glue and throw it down. Wow. Um, but, no, like, so literally we had, we were going to the location, they had shut it down because a skier had actually fallen off the mountain and, like, almost didn't make it. So it's, it's, it's yeah, we're in some extreme conditions out here on this one. Yeah, they had to shut down, like, half the city so the helicopter could come in and they could go, they had to go find him. So, that's crazy. So well, we're all going to submit for, like, what, risk pay, like, extra yeah. <laughs> insurance. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't say that I'm sad that my health prevented me from being there. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. Because <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I probably would have ended up like Jack Torrance. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So yeah, so, been, so so back right. back to the snowmobiles. Like, was there any kind of training program or like, <laughs> or did they just oh, turn you guys on loose? That first day that we were all here not doing anything would have, you know, probably been an opportune moment to train right. all the people driving. It was basically, no, I'll tell you how it went. The guy kept walked up to us. He goes, How are okay. your Mario Kart skills? And then just gave you the key. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not only that, but they, the basic of it was, hey, get on this and don't die. That's pretty much what he said. Fantastic. 
Yeah. And if you do... Explain, now, that explains to you to lean into the turn well, yeah. and lean, you know, and, and put your body weight towards the direction that you're turning, that sort of stuff. But the thing is, is snowmobiles look like ATVs. They look kind of like dirt bikes. So you would think that's how they ride. They don't ride like either of those things because they don't work like regular gravity because they're on the side of a mountain with soft snow. Right. So unless it's freshly packed, you're not just flying right through it. And so it is something that you need to be on for a couple hours because you got your shirt. It's, it's, I mean, you've got you know your two uh, balance points in the front, and then you just got a track underneath you. So any you know anytime your body weight is tipped over, you're rolling that thing. And we've been rolling them. Yeah, it's <laughs> experience actually. Um, he decided to go back down the mountain to stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they had me, you know, they had me. I was down at the truck uh, off the mountain because we didn't need to be up there. We sent up Rob with the bounce board, and so uh, you know, I was working on carts and getting stuff ready for you know, so we could just easily load off the truck. And they're like, "We need you to come up and rig uh, a hi hat to the back of the snowmobile." I'm like, "Sure, that's fine." I get up there and it's baby legs, and so I'm like, "So we're putting a tripod on the back of a snowmobile." where you're not supposed to have high heavy weight. And uh, I said, whatever, that's fine. So I rigged it up and I was like, I don't want to be the one that drives this. So they took that up and then they're like, hey, do you want to come up the mountain? And I was like, I, I will, sure, that's fine. I get on a snowmobile and Antoine jumps on with the B camera right behind me. So, uh, so it was literally, hey, Ken, this is your first time on a snowmobile. We're gonna ask you to drive up with the B cam and the B cam operator on the back. It happens <laughs> to be a red helium, like a brand new camera pretty much. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So three turns later. That's what it is now twice. Look, I, all the heliums I've seen have been coated in white, and this one was black. I just thought I needed to get snow packed into it or something. <laughs> you mentioned sending Sorry, Rob. They overheat, you know, you got to cool them down. <laughs> you mentioned sending Rob up with a bounce board. I just like have this image in my head of like the wind catching it and kind of like hang gliding him <laughs> and then like flipping him so that it becomes like a toboggan and then he sort of like rides it all the way back down. <laughs> I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's going to happen at some point well he's actually been going up in a squirrel suit every day he's hoping to get launched off a cliff or something yeah <laughs> oh well and that goes back to our AC that we're talking about so basically after all that happened they decided the guy decided he was going to take Antoine and take him to our next location. Well, instead of taking him to our next location, he passes our entire crew up and goes up to the very top of the mountain, which our crew was nowhere even near. So, needless to say, Antoine got left on the mountain, on the top of the mountain for about two and a half hours, with it being freezing cold up there and the wind just gusting like crazy. But he is a Canadian, so when we finally did get up there, he had already built himself like a little foxhole. <laughs> with, uh, like, a reflector from the tarp that he had, and so he was, he was all right. Yeah. <laughs> not to mention, not to mention, the, the guy in the snowmobile that took him up there is not a film person, so when he went to the other location, they and said, how long are you guys going to be here? They said, oh, not that long. He thought that meant 15 minutes, yeah, not right, right, three hours. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't understand not that long in film. Right. <laughs> we need to make, you need to, like, preserve we need to make a movie about making this movie because yes, like, yes we do trust me we have like three in mind of, that we may make while this movie is being made yeah we've already thought about like our days off maybe shooting like a full movie in 24 hours yeah <laughs> so how, how, how crazy it would be for us to do that no crazier than a lot of the shit you're mentioning i mean yeah <laughs> 
to yeah. be fair. Um, so how much, how much longer are you guys actually in those conditions? I guess on the mountain, like, do you guys phase into, like, lo- location type shooting at some point, or you know what's going on? I think we have what, like, two days. We may have two more days left going back up on the mountain, but that's like at the end of the shoot. But that's not uh, that's not including the days that we do overnights where we do this mushing stuff, which are the overnight shifts where it's eight degrees out and we're just standing around outside on with top a of fan snow. and with a fan and a uh, leaf blower pushing snow at all of us. Yeah, because uh, you know that's how we make a storm here. Yeah, yeah. yeah figured. Let's put it this way: our sound guys had a pretty easy pretty easy gig so far because <laughs> everything <laughs> pretty much had to be ADR at this point. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So. Um, how has the like the larger talent started showing up? Not yet. Okay. So you guys um, haven't we have got one. Okay. We have one this year right now. Uh, starting so Monday, we should be having more coming in. And are those? Yay! <laughs> yes. Are next the... week starts the bigger talent run. So are it, it like? You know, my gut tells me those days are probably chock full of moving around a bunch of different locations because you have to get all their shit. Actually, not so much. We, I mean, we've kind of been lucky here in Silverton because literally, they. I mean, location is within a location within a location. So it's like we can find like three locations in one spot. Cool. Uh, it was kind of like last night or, yeah, last night. Yeah, when we were in Durango, we actually shot three different locations in one place. So, which that was kind of crazy, but that's a different story to save for later. Uh, and so, have uh, you guys have done dog stuff already? Yeah, yeah. first week was chocolate a little bit. Yeah, we don't have them this week, but they come back next week. Uh, we have them actually tomorrow. Have them you know, the communication on this film has been uh, yeah. <laughs> something else. That's well, <laughs> that's because things are, but all, to be fair, that's because things are constantly changing. Um, and that, I mean, you know, it's an indie film, what can we say? Right. You know what I mean? Mainly due to just like, uh, realistically being able to get stuff or like, what? so what do you find, what's the main factor in everything being in flux, so much in flux? Yeah, things are a lot of in flux. A lot of it is like, you know, we're supposed to have a storm here Thursday. Like they're looking at sixty to seventy percent chance snow. Which, if that's if that holds any weight compared to like two Mondays ago, two Mondays ago they said we had sixty to seventy percent chance of snow, and I mean they had over a foot of snow hit the ground. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like the reality of it is that like sometimes we have to plan for okay some of these scenes we really do want to see us storm like the, our first Monday we literally went out in a blizzard and shot um, him riding the, the dog with the dogs because yeah. it just made it look so cinematic and real you know yeah I mean it was crazy on us because you know it's just like we're just getting pelted with snow the whole time especially on day one yeah everybody's like what the hell did I sign up <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, that's a whole other thing, too, because a lot of us were uh, unequipped for what was necessary. Yeah. yeah, apparently the sheriff had told us, or told production, uh, that they wouldn't even allow us on the mountain in jeans, so you had to have snow pants for, you know, hypothermic reasons. And uh, that wasn't really passed along to the rest of the crew until after they arrived, and 
you know, there's not a Walmart in this town. Right, yeah, I wouldn't, and I, mean, I, can, I wouldn't have known that. I'd never bought that shit, so. There's also, well, I mean, the, the Walmart that is close is in Durango. Now. But it's already past their snow season. People right. think it's spring, so they don't need snow pants. But the other thing to that is, you know, the, the, the crew that's coming from California, those of us that go snowboarding in California snowboard in jeans because it's never that cold, right? Right. So it's not it's not a matter of ice or the snow sticking to your jeans and then getting your pants so cold that you can actually get hypothermia within an hour. You know, like we didn't think that was going to be an issue. So you know, and your and your cotton socks don't cut it up here. Everything's got to be wool. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I asked this lady at Walmart if they had any face masks, and she just looked at me and said, "Well, I don't really need to be facetious, but." September, and I was like, "Okay, thank you for that. Appreciate it." <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, like, so in the town we're in, literally, they have a general store that doesn't have a whole lot, and then they have a grocery store that only gets supplied once a week. So we say grocery store for for most listeners in a big city, it's like a convenience. Accept cash, or do you have to pay them in like links pelts? They have, to, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Links for, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I could trade you this pemmican. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that that sounds. Uh, I mean, you know, parts of it sound kind of cool, but very inconvenient. You know what I mean? Like the experience. Yeah. This place is so cool for a, for a trip to yeah. visit. Yeah, but like, not to I make would a love movie. To come back like, in makes it hard, you know. Uh, wow. I mean, it's, it's gorgeous up here. I mean, the scenery is just gorgeous. I mean, you know, you're surround, we're literally surrounded by mountains. So, I mean, like, we were looking out one night when we wrapped, it was pitch black, and you just look up, and you can see every star. Yeah. And we're so, and we're so high up that we get a really nice moon bounce coming from the wizard. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Light, you know, light from the moon is incredible up here. So, for a good four hours, you're getting a moon bounce that just lights up the whole valley, even though it's pitch black. You know, most of what you see is just white bounce from the snow. Yeah, and it bounce. Yeah, the, it's it's crazy that at like you know eleven o'clock at night it looks like it's just dust because you can see forever because of the snow. Wow, pretty crazy. It's also an element of uh, it's also an element of like bipolar up here because it's so beautiful, but then you're working in it and yeah. it's really exhausting to work in it. Yeah, because the altitude's so you know we're so high up it's tough on all of our lungs. Yeah, uh, we're all getting our ass kicked, and then to mention, not to mention, like the snow is again, it's so soft that it's, you know, there's a lot of places where we were dropping three to four feet each time we took a step, and that goes back to the snowmobiles. We have a little black sled that we've been loading up our genie equipment in because our big lights that we're using every night are 140 pounds on the stand, so we have to put that into a black sled 
and get that out there because if you tried to walk it out there, it would take you an hour to go right. 50 steps. Yeah. There were literally there were literally a couple times that I mean we were at one location that like the snow had not, not even been touched, and so all of us were trying to walk out there and literally we could fall down almost to our waist. Like even Ken was almost going to his waist. That's how deep it was. Which, by the way, to the viewers, the listeners out there, the Ken is actually pretty tall. Ken, go ahead, tell There you go. <laughs> so yeah, my my leg was down down to the balls a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, so I saw, I think I happened to see a picture that I guess Mark put up maybe, or someone tagged him in it, but it was, uh, it looked like a, like a saloon type scene. There was a lot of period dress. Uh, wait, wait, was that the mining or no, that may have been, that may have been last night. Was this last night that you saw all the posts? Yeah, I think it was last night. So, um, I'm sorry. I didn't know we had time for that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Zing! Shots fired. Um, but but it, so so are those a lot of because I mean of the relative I guess um, uh, you know the relative uh, sh- shut off nature of this place or what it sounds like at least are a lot of those people locals or are they coming in from like further away because uh, it seemed like a lot of extras. Well, that scene. So that scene was actually shot in uh, Durango. Okay. We weren't in Silverton for that. So, so which is maybe it, a town of ten thousand people. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's only say, a give, little give bit bigger, but still, I mean, a little bit makes a difference compared to you know. Yeah. But no, they were pulling extras off the street. Yeah. Okay. We weren't even getting hired extras. So you know, they may have come from far because it was St. Patrick's Day, and so they, you know, there's a lot of tourists in town. Oh one yeah, of the guys with, is is one is, of the guys uh, with, like, is from uh, is Durango from like a St. Patrick's Day destination in Colorado? Yeah, I guess yeah. it is. Yeah. Hi. Don't get wrong. The town was partying when we walked out. I think it's more of the skiing around it, like you have Purgatory and a bunch of other really big mountain resorts, and then that's just what they did that day. They okay. went into town. Yeah. Got it. But we have, but I mean, I'll say this much at least for what it's worth. We at least have the sheriff on our side here at Silverton, so that's kind of a plus. Yeah, we do. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I keep saying like every time it, it's really amazing to me because this entire city is so well kept. Like all of the buildings, you know, look really old but restored. So you know, you walk down the street and you feel like. You know, you've been transported back, you know, 40 or 50 years. Uh, But all the houses are just, you know, so, like, freshly painted and, you know, newly built, it looks like. And it's just a really, like, well-kept area of town. So, Well, and some of these places are actually, the funny part about that is one of the first stops that we stopped at was an actual, was a bar. We stopped there and we were talking to uh, the owner and she was telling us that literally... Some of the places that, that that are now houses or actual structures were originally built as just flats for a film. Yeah, there's, there was a there was four people who were at the beginning of the founding of the city, and the four main streets. And when I say four main streets, I mean they are the only real streets, uh, and three of them are dirt roads. Uh, <laughs> are named after those four people. So the main street is paved only because uh, the, the state paid for it as a highway. Uh, but all the other streets are dirt roads, and that one of those dirt roads, when you walk down it, you can tell that they're all old western flats. 
because you can see the front is flat and then they've added on a structure to the back and on the back they've slanted the roofs because you can't build flat roofs out here, you know. Yeah. But you've got a flat roof top because of the western set. <laughs> right. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nuts. We, it, I mean, like Brittany said, this place is really well kept. And I mean, the sheriff is very protective of this of this city. Well, and, and deeper than just the sheriff, you know, one of the cool things about when you're traveling for film is like getting to know locals. And the locals here are some of the coolest people I've ever talked oh, to. Absolutely. Like, I've talked to a lot of great people around the country, but like, the people here specifically, I've never seen anybody look out for their own community as much as they do here. Mm-hmm. Like, if you come here to do harm to any of these people, you will not live here very long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Well, and so that actually goes back to uh, back to the sheriff again for just a second. So when we land, when I landed here, you know, none of the crew was here. So we were still in pre-pro. And when I landed here, literally, we showed up. The next morning, the UPN and a couple other people had coffee with the sheriff, and he said, "Look, you need to let me know what you're doing, and to see the call sheets, yada yada yada." Went down the list, right? He said, oh, by the way, if you're flying drones, you need to let me know in advance so that way I know what's going on. And, we, you know, they said, okay, that's fine. And about a couple hours later, they get a phone call from the sheriff. He goes, guys, look, I told you, if you don't tell me when you're doing this, I'm going to have to shut you down. He shut down another production company. I think they were doing like a Subaru commercial or some craziness. They were like $800,000 uh, budgeted thing. And... He shut him down. He said, look, you didn't tell me you're flying a drone. I'm not having it. And you shut down a street. So, yeah, he closed him. He shut him down in a heartbeat. Wow. But he's in our movie. Yeah, he's actually in our movie and likes us. So that's a plus. And he's actually, like, really good (laughs) at being an actor. (laughs) Neat. That's another thing that's cool about these people. As small of a town as this is, most of them have gotten out at some point. And if you want to say experience a different style of life and they've come back to this style yeah so they're they're very well cultured and very uh, uh, understand like understanding of what's actually going on which isn't common in a small town like this right right a lot of them are from California too a lot of the stores and stuff that I've talked to you know they said well where are you from we said well we're from Houston from California they said oh yeah we're from California too so it's pretty interesting so uh I guess, Chris, and I, uh, what is your, uh, what are you least looking forward to as your like hive chamber day? Because there's always one. Uh, I'm actually looking at the hospital. Oh yeah. We have a hospital where we literally have probably 20 children. Um, I think all four of our star actors are there. Wait, no. So <laughs> wait, where are you shooting the hospital? They actually so. That's funny. So uh-huh. Art is actually dressing a building. Well, it's the town hall, I think, or something. They're dressing it upstairs to look like a hospital. Oh, right. Well, it's like a it's a period hospital, so you just need like some rusty tools and leeches, right? It's not that big of a deal. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Old dirty rags, shit like that. <laughs> some uh, tonics. Yep. <laughs> So when do you guys shoot that? Uh, that's another week from now. So we've got, you know, a lot of the main town here. We're shooting a lot of their stuff. And then uh, next week we start the hospital. Got it. Got it. Um, but you guys have been making your days pretty much every day, right? 
Yeah, yeah, we haven't missed a day, so. Cool, that's good. I'll come out with it again, so. Yeah, right. I'm giving Chris a look, because I really don't know how much I trust him on that. No, I mean, literally, like, there have been days I thought we missed, and Brian said because of second unit stuff, we have it covered, which was stuff they shot, like, a week before. Yeah. Like, before we showed up. But that's, that's. That make that still worries me because it's stuff that I haven't seen, and so I don't like to trust people to just say, "Oh no, I think we got that." It's like, well, we either shoot it or show me, you know. And I've been trying to sit down for the last couple of days to do that, but it hasn't happened yet. So I, I'm still kind of on edge on if we have a couple reshoots or, you know. Well, what if the what if what if like a, a rogue lynx runs off of the drive? I know, right? Like, I mean, we have serious, high-intensity things that could happen at any moment. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. You know, like, you have your 59th avalanche. Uh, yeah. So what... <laughs> Ken, how... Uh, so you're... Ken, you're key grip on this, right? Yeah. How, how often do you key grip versus gaff? Um, I key grip maybe 10% of the time. Usually more commercial work. Most of the feature work I do, I'm gapping. Um, but I enjoy key gripping uh, under more experienced gaffers because it's, uh, it's, it's fun to learn some of their styles and techniques and why they stick on, why they hold on some of the old tools and fashions, you know, because I will admit I'm, a, I'm of the younger generation, but, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a baby. I'm, you know, I'm 30 and I know what I'm doing, but... Um, it's always cool to learn under somebody like Barry, who's you know he's got 17 years and he's uh, he's got some good knowledge. So it's cool, you know, being in a in a keeper position under him and bouncing off ideas and, and collaborating with uh, somebody that's got you know, like I said, a more tenured career. Cool, that's cool because I, you know, Barry and I go way back, which is weird <laughs> that he's on yeah, this. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I mean, I knew him through Mark, kind of, so it's not that weird, but. It's just kind of neat that like the Houston and California worlds are melding in such a such a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cool. I'm glad that I'm glad that they were able to finally bring you on. Yeah, me too. I mean, maybe you're not glad yeah, we once, all once you sank in snow up to your balls, but you know. <laughs> I regret it every night when I first walk into my hotel, and then uh, once my feet warm up and I start feeling things again, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. There's not enough whiskey in the world to get me uh, feeling good the whole time, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, so that, I mean, that's something else speaking to the, the weather as far as that's concerned and the climate. I mean, literally, you get here the first day, I mean, you should just be pounding water and trying to get acclimated. If you don't do that, I mean, you, you end up with altitude the next day. Yeah. You know, and you're feeling like hell. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I felt dizzy a couple times just being up here. And a lot of that is just from not drinking enough water. But the double standard is, is that we don't really have all the best bathrooms at these locations. Yeah, exactly. So for us women who can't just, you know, go freely out in the open, we're kind of hesitant to drink any fluids. Brittany, can you clarify what you mean by you don't have the best bathroom standards? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mean you don't have bathrooms on location? Well, oh, okay. you know, oh, that's what you mean. well okay. there's, there's, there's about 32 Bob's Johns porta potty stationed around Silver which, which by the way no there's one up the street on 18th street did it ever come up to Silver that thing is as clean as it gets 
yeah, no, I mean, that's, that, and that's the truth of, like, the, the thing about Silver, Silverton as well is that a lot of this town has been shut down because they're not in their spring season or their summer season when they make the most of their money. So, I mean, they've shut down a lot of places, and not only have they shut it down, but they've winterized all their pipes. So, like, so, some so of our... You guys our, literally are living the shining, basically, just outside. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, pretty <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for Jack to turn around the corner and say hi. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you something. I am, I am not going to be your dick halloran. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think I dodged that bullet. Now, now you're imagining me sitting in a hotel room with a picture of two naked women above me. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> That's going to be my Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> Well, wow, that's crazy. I didn't realize it was going to be, as far as infrastructure-wise, it would be that extreme, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it sounds like you guys are making it work as well as you can. I mean... Yeah, I mean, the footage that we're getting is, is worth it. Like, it's beautiful. The shots of the mountains and the shots of just all the locations that we found, I think, are really going to, you know, sell it. So, but, you know, gives you a little bit of motivation. How is how has so far how has been how's uh, how's it been working with the dogs? Yeah. Good. Oh well, I mean it's it's been really cool. Like the dogs themselves are super awesome, and it's not like they're not trained, but they're trained in such a way that it kind of actually makes it difficult for us because she's trained them to not go off of the path because it's harder and you know you can get lost and I mean it just makes sense. Like she's always trained them to stay on a path. But, you know, we can't have paths in our movies, and so we try to get them to turn off of the path to get a good shot, and they just won't do it, you know, because they're trained not to. So, you know, it's been kind of interesting to to kind of get what we have to, you know, live with on some of it. But what were you going to think of? I'm good. All right. That was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. So, to sum up, you'd say working with the dogs has been rough? Uh, you know what's what's cool though is like it's it's challenges like the dogs that make the actual challenge of filmmaking fun for crew people like myself. Yeah. Um, you know it's it's it, it ends up becoming a thing where we have to find a way to rig the camera so that maybe we can't have the paths, but they can't see the paths. You know that sort of stuff where we start getting more creative with the way we're shooting it and the way we're covering it. Yeah. Um, and and you know that's what makes the movie's more interesting. It's just hard to get those wides that we want sometimes, you know? Right, right. But I think they already have enough wides really to like establish, okay, we really had dogs and we really pulled a sled with it, you know? So even if we couldn't get any more at this point, like it'll, it'll work really well. Cool. Our wolf is pretty awesome. Yeah, we've got a white wolf on set. An Arctic wolf. 90% Arctic wolf. Yep. 10% Malmuth. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, what? So where does uh, where does he come in? Well, he's just in a few. He's just in a few scenes, but he's he's owned by one of our lead actresses, and so whenever she's on set, she just kind of brings him along, and he just sort of hangs out with the crew. Oh, cool. So, so he's not. He wasn't really. It was not a little like a plot point or anything in the movie. 
where they see. No, some... he's a he's a plot point. Well, well, is he? I, I don't I don't remember. I, I I did read the script. I swear, but I don't remember the wolf. But well, you didn't, read, you didn't read the revision where that where he turned into a plot point. Okay, so is it like some sort of Indian shaman that's guiding him or something? How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Please let it be an Indian shaman. Please let it be an Indian shaman. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, uh, I had a question, but I just blanked on it. Damn it. I don't know. Any? I mean, is there any other things that you guys haven't talked about yet? Any other challenges, fears, upcoming fears, reasons why you might might not might not make it out alive besides the weather? Uh, I've had a bit of an epiphany in terms of like you know the when when Revenant was being filmed, everyone was talking about how hard it was to film in the snow and how much turnover there was on that crew and staff. And uh, I think I've come to realize. It doesn't matter if you have the money or not. Shooting in things like the snow or shooting in extreme heat, like, it's a real bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and you do the best you can, and you hope that production's doing the best they can to protect you. But at the end of the day, like, there's times where you have to make the call for yourself. You know, when you're, when you're standing in snow, you know, manning a light for an hour, and everyone else is inside, not in the heat. Now, they're not in heat, you know, because there's no heated... Uh, there's no heat in any of these buildings, <laughs> so they're you know they're freezing too. But you've got to you've got to make that decision sometimes to take care of yourself and go warm up for ten minutes. You know, yeah. um, it doesn't matter how strong you are. You need to like you're you're out there. Yeah, yeah, that's very true, um, and I imagine probably pretty scary at times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You start losing feeling in your hands because you've had your glove off for like maybe 20 minutes and you're holding a remote and you go, oh shit, I can't feel my hand. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a scary moment. Uh, or when your, legs been, when your legs been dipping down through three feet of snow every step and your foot is cold but you can't determine if it's wet and cold or if it's oh, just yeah. cold. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. By the way, it's like... Uh, 77 degrees in Houston right now. I just figured I'd let you know. Oh, nice. <laughs> a balmy 77 on the Gulf Coast. Got the, got the AC going, all that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, I yeah here it's turning on the heater at 75 and it runs pretty much in intervals of like a minute because the second it turns off. Yeah. Is that hot? Ugh, that's hot. Yeah, that is pretty hot, Chris. I have it on 70 and it's in the morning hot. Oh no, I kept mine at seventy the first two days and because it's not sealed, literally it will get down in the fifties and it's too fucking cold in the morning. I'll wake up shaking. So Yeah. Ugh. So um how much so far how much has been sort of like have when you guys are shooting exteriors on the mountain or out in the snow has most all of that been natural light bounce stuff, or how much have you augmented it with those supas? On the mountain, yes, it's just natural light. We, like I said, we, it's almost impossible to bring a light up there. Okay. Um, in the snow, it's fucking supas all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, and it's a pain in the ass, you know. I mean, you're not covering. Uh, you're not. You know, the supas are 4K equivalent essentially, and you're not covering 
you know, 50 yards, you're covering 100, 200 yards sometimes, and we end up having to set up, you know, we set up two 1.2 HMIs, and I think they were only up for maybe seven hours, and we screwed up the magnet or the electronic ballast because it was too cold out there. Yeah. So we're down two ballasts on lights that are kind of crucial to, you know, our rims and stuff like that. Yeah, that's been, like, a huge thing with the cold on the electronics because, like, my phone and iPad can't stay on for yeah. more than three seconds in the snow, you know, to take any kind of timing or, or anything. It just shuts off. Yeah. I remember I had to deal with that just a, a smaller degree in Chicago when we were shooting, so I can imagine. But, yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, um, any... So far, I mean, no one's really gotten hurt or in a bad way, gotten really sick or anything yet, right? Everybody's pretty cool with just kind of just minor discomfort, basically, and monitoring themselves, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, uh, Mark right now is coming down with something, but I think that's more because of exhaustion than it is anything else. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, nobody's really not on wood. Nobody's really gotten hurt or injured. Yeah, sort of a side. Uh, well, actually, never mind. I'll, I'll. Talk, I don't want to sidetrack. I'll talk about that later. Never mind. I'll cut that part out. <laughs> All right. So, what do you guys? What What's up tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow we're we'll driving to Telluride, which is an hour and a half from where we are. Which, <laughs> if you uh, if you look from Silverton to Telluride, the only way to go there is uh the million dollar highway is what they call it I think uh, Google image search some of the million dollar highway and you'll see that it's uh, two inches from the white line and you're just a straight drop off <laughs> it's, it is a cliff with no guards and it is straight down wow yep. so we're gonna take a fucking U-Haul trailer full of a bunch of heavy gear up that mountain I don't know that that's what they're saying. And literally, the statement is: it is the most beautiful ride, but also the most dangerous. <laughs> that's 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 a little bit too close to like a Hellraiser type deal for my company. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pain, pleasure, indivisible. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wish you luck. Uh, I thought you guys were doing that today, so you guys have to do that tomorrow and then start shooting. Yep. Wow. And what, what's being shot in Telluride? Uh, it is the exterior of the lead cabin. And, and, and that is that all you guys are doing tomorrow? Well, we're there for two days. So we're going to be there. We'll shoot one day. Then we'll, go, then we'll go back to Ridgeway and sleep there for the night and get up and do it one more day and then drive home that night. What's what's the second location, I guess, that you're going to? That's the only location we're going to be at. There's quite a few scenes outside the cabin. Okay. And then, so when you guys get done there, you drive back to Silverton? Yeah. And then more stuff on the mountain, or what? No, we're actually going to be location-based pretty much this entire week. Okay. But if it storms on Thursday... I was told that we may have a splinter crew break off and go shoot stuff in the, in the storm. And that splinter crew would consist of, is it like, who draws the short straw? I would think so. 
<laughs> or are people volunteering for it? Like, I want to go do that. Uh, I don't think anyone has volunteered to do that. I will say that much. <laughs> wow. Well, it sounds like an adventure. Uh, Indeed. Indeed it is, sir. I'd love to be there with you in a sense, but not, <laughs> you know. I'm not sad. Like again, I'm I, like I said, I'm not sad that I'm here. So because I probably would have had twelve asthma attacks already. Yeah, we have a we actually have an art department. Uh, our production designer is actually asthmatic, and she's been having a really rough time. Yeah. Um, she carries an oxygen can around with her pretty much twenty four seven. Crazy. Six of us played a game of ultimate frisbee today. And I'm not going to say how many of them wanted to quit after about five minutes, but <laughs> one of them happens to be the one talking. <laughs> I wanted to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll kick your ass. It'll thin you out real quick. Yeah, the air is brutally thin up here. Yeah, I bet. Um, cool. Well, any uh, any final words before I let you guys get to, get to it? Get to the debauchery and drunkenness that I'm sure is deserved. <laughs> no, I think we're I think we're pretty much good as far as I know. I mean, I'm not pretty. No. I'm good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was. I mean. Thumbs it up for part one, anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. I figured I was gonna say that was the next thing I was gonna bring up. I'm gonna. I'm sure I'll check in with you guys again, maybe even next week. Um, see how things are going. Uh, just be happy that you you get to come back right into a, a, a low key video shoot here. Exactly, we are we are looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Well, also I've got. Go ahead. I was gonna say I just went and scouted one of the locations tonight, but go ahead. yeah. So I'm I'm excited about it. Nice. Yeah. Well, then also Brittany and I have that second another Skyway music video. Oh yeah, I didn't know there was another one. Well, cool. Yeah. I'll make sure to, uh, when I do the sort of wrap around for this, I'll make sure to mention that so people can watch it. Um, cool. Ken, what's next for you after this? Uh, Anything booked already? As long as this, as long as this schedule doesn't fuck me up, I, uh, I'll be gaffing a short with Alfred Molina when I get back to LA and, uh, working on a, I'm DPing a short that's, uh, 1897 period piece about France, uh, about a, a French, uh, music composer and then after that he may become the Texas <laughs> yeah we, we need to make that happen cause like I'm yes please I've got the itch just shooting that stuff yeah. for you today Brittany I got the itch you know what I mean just like having my hands on yeah. the camera and stuff and I'm like oh god we gotta what can I what, what artistic bullshit can I do in this uh in this in this speaker seminar thing, I'm like in this 15 foot by 15 foot white room. Yeah, let me just, <laughs> yeah. Let me just pull some focus here, and yeah, yeah. So I was like, I could definitely tell that I'm I was I'm jonesing to shoot again. So yeah, we need to make something happen of our own. So and bring Ken on and bring Katie on and you know all these people that have been trying to pull out to Texas for a while. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let them experience the, the brutal heat. Yeah. <laughs> Extremes. <laughs> yeah. And then you could be like, hey, <laughs> stop complaining. Remember when your balls are freezing? <laughs> <laughs> this is better, right? 
That's the worst part, dude. Everyone's like, well, what would you rather be working in, the hot or the cold? That was, I was going to ask I you. do work in the hot, and then now I'm working in the cold. Can I just work in the fucking middle? <laughs> yeah, right. It's always extremes. <laughs> Chris, what do you prefer, since we've done so many of those fucking sweat box movies? Oh, man. My first time being out in the cold is, well, not being out in the cold. I mean, obviously, you know, with air metal and everything else, you're out in the cold. Uh, my first one being out in, like, true snow and having to battle that, I'd take the heat any day of the week. Yeah, what about you, Brittany? Oh, yeah, I'm like a lizard. I just want heat all the time, <laughs> like, under a heat lamp. I'm fine in heat. Yeah, yeah. I can't do I'm cold in Houston half the time, so, like, this is... <laughs> This is a struggle. <laughs> yeah, she's wrapped up like imagine the kid from Christmas Story. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Cool. Well, thank you guys for doing this. I uh, it'll go up pretty quick. I think I might even get it up tonight. So, um, cool. a lot of good stuff there. I'm glad that it's again. I'm glad it's going as well as can be expected. I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, you know, sounds like it's tough, but. You guys are getting good stuff, so through no small, I mean, no small part of it being the three of you being part of the crew, I'm sure. So, yeah. Plus Roberto and you know, like every you know, all the heavy hitters that we've brought along with us this whole time. So, right. They are fortunate to have you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> now hopefully, now hopefully they don't kill you. Like I mean. Not them killing you, but they don't kill you by the choices they make that end up killing you, you know? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> uh, cool. All right, guys. Well, go enjoy the rest of your night off and try not to die on the million-dollar highway tomorrow. <laughs> but if it, looks, if it looks like it's going to happen, get video. <laughs> we'll, we'll go live on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. somehow. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Preserve the finger on the trigger the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. It was good talking to you. Be safe. Don't die. We won't. Thank you now. Go with your back. All right. Good talking to you, man. All right. Well, You're in a zombie apocalypse. You have one weapon, and it's not a gun. What is it? Like a scythe, a car. Grenades. Like a flare gun, maybe. Piranhas. <laughs> bat. A bat? Baseball bat. Hands down. Machete. It's obviously a lobo. <sighs> uh, loppers? Slingshot. <gasps> 
Yeah. Like a ground-mounted slingshot that shoots bricks. Catch the seven deadly questions on The Basement on a Hill. Hear all new episodes every Tuesday. The Basement on a Hill. Horror and comedy for people who hate horror comedies. alone he lays me down and he's like they call for shirt he was he was good he was a professional takes this warm long he leaves me all up gets it done and he's rubbing this thing all over he's very gentle with me i'm about to pass out dude's taking forever and now i'm slightly out of breath he squirts me down all over my belly but he did say that i didn't have to put my shirt back on which was weird oh yeah they also talk about comics. Long box small talk weekly on bmoviesandebooks.com.